You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Now, the Go Wild app has added some really cool and exciting functionality to their app. And the first one I want to talk about is the Near Me function. And basically what this does, it allows you to engage and connect with people in your area. You guys can talk about gear. You guys can talk about hunting areas. You guys can talk about what's going on in the woods. And it just allows the users to be more of a community and connect easier. The second part is the gearbox. And what the gearbox is, it is a an opportunity for the users to not only see reviews on products and see what the go wild community is using in the field what products they're using but it also allows you guys to purchase up to 150,000 products there's you, there's a shopping function on it so Check out the Go Wild app. If you haven't downloaded it to your phone yet, you need to, and you can do that at any app store that is currently available. Go Wild. It's an awesome app. Check them out. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. Got my boys with me today. Andy Humphill. Michael Winstead. How's it going, fellas? What's up, man? It's going. <laughs> are you a little hurt What are you right sad now? for? A little bummed at the moment. Well, why don't we tell everybody why you're a little bummed at the moment? What, what happened to you over the weekend, sir? Well, first of all, we leave for you know our big elk, annual elk hunting trip here at the end of August and... Uh, we're 28 days out from the time of this recording, and uh, as of right now, I have no bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We went to the. Uh, it was a great time, by the way. The Marshall 3D Bud Shoot. Yep. And um, decent sized group of us went and had a fun time together. Uh, oh, real fun. We use those. Well, not you. We use those for several reasons. I mean, it helps us get ready for the season. We get to compete with each other. We don't. I mean, I don't turn my scorecard in ever. I just. You That's because I beat you. You did not, and you weren't going to either. <laughs> Definitely would have. And then you got a DNF because so, what happened to you? So we stopped. You know, halfway through, there's two ranges, 15 targets apiece. Shot the first 15. Stop, eat a little lunch. We started the second 15, and I think I went first on the first target. Yeah, you were first. Yeah. I knocked an arrow, drew it back, and as I'm holding it, about to release, it just a big just pop. So I stopped. I mean, I didn't know what it was. Look at the bow, nothing. I'm, I kept my draw the whole time. You know, just right. I kind of looked back <laughs> at it. Didn't see anything. It looked just fine. And I uh, went ahead and let the arrow go, and the arrow did not make it to the target. <laughs> it was like 15 yards short. It just kind of just like flailed its way out there, which I'm glad, you know, we were in a kind of controlled environment. It was safe. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Well, looking back, now that you know what was wrong with your bow... I was lucky. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, you looked it over, and, I mean, there were 15 people sitting there watching Yeah, um, behind us just because we were the first group to go, and everybody heard that. And 
we looked the bow over real quick and well, even couldn't. the group in front of us when once we caught up to them, they said, "What did you got? Did you guys hear pop back there?" It's like, "Oh yeah, it was my it's, bow." It's, it's my bow. So what happened was my once we got down there and found my arrow and everything, I really inspected the bow, see what happened. And uh, one of the limbs, it's a split limb bow um, on the bottom, just splintered. It didn't like snap. You know, it didn't like completely it break. It obviously popped. But yeah. It popped, yeah, it but it, it just like splintered up, and uh, that was it for the day. And yeah. but uh, so not only were you not going to beat me, I then you couldn't even to. finish. Yeah, that that honestly hurt more than the just the bow is just not being able to finish the event because it's only once a year we go to the bud shoot and yeah we had everybody there it was a good time and yeah I mean that's the except one for Micah dad, yeah. Dad, yeah I couldn't make it because I had I'm prior. sorry not everyone sorry yeah. Micah anyone but that anyways, was important <laughs> yeah like your dad always goes to that one my yeah. dad was there with us yeah, usually yeah. it's the whole crew so yeah, yeah. it's fun but. I mean you stayed with us the whole time but oh, I yeah. had to carry around a broken bow and. <laughs> Yeah, lick that my wounds suck. yeah it sucks but um as of right now brand new limbs are on their way uh should get those here in a few days gonna run them down to the the pro shop have them uh put them back on and give it another go yeah i do have i'm left-handed with a 31 inch draw length so uh selling my old bows is a, is a difficult task so I do still have my old bow that I've already kind of put back together and got it ready to rock and roll just in case, which, I mean, I can still go. I'm, yeah. I'm going to Colorado. <laughs> it's happening. I'm going to go if I have to but just throw a knife at it, right? Throw a, throw a spear. <laughs> but no, I, I should have it put back together in time. It's just getting comfortable with it again. But Athens, uh, your bow was an Athens archery bow. Yep. Or is it Athens archery? Ridge 34. Uh you called him this morning. This happened yep. Saturday, or no, Sunday. Happened on a Sunday. Uh, you called him this morning, noon. which we're recording this on a Monday currently. Um, and what they're going to send the limbs to you by tomorrow? So they were put in the mail today. So I called them the first thing this morning, and they said, "Oh, I got." They asked what like number of limbs and everything, and mm-hmm. got all my information. They said, "All right, uh, this is what I have in stock. Uh, give me your address." And it's on its way. The Athens bows, I mean, they have a lifetime transferable warranty, so it wouldn't matter if I sold this bow to Joe Blow from Arizona. Uh, that warranty goes with him on any of the, the manufacturer craftsmanship part of it. Uh, That's cool. So Yeah, it sucks. I mean, sucks to have limbs splinter on you like that right? on a I mean, new bow. but It could have been worse. You know, you could have, I mean, that, oh, it, those things can explode and yeah. cause some serious damage. So. That's what's good about going and doing these shoots, though. I mean, we, you know, if if you just got your bow out and then we went hunting, yep, that happens on the on the mountain, hope potentially. Oh, I, yeah. And that's why we, you know, we shoot our bows. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get practice, and then if there's anything wrong, it's going to rear its ugly head here. Ho- right. Hopefully. 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 It, <laughs> it would really suck the one pull out there that you might right? make right. is the one that happens, but. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I'd already shot the first. It wasn't like I just pulled it out and it broke. I mean, I had, we were just shooting the entire front, you know, front half. But things happen is what it is. I talked to the guy. He's actually uh, an engineer. Um, he used to manufacture some of the bows. And at first I was like, all right, what kind of crap? But he, I mean, to explain this is how common it, it's an uncommon, common thing. Uh, if a bow has problems, it's a manufacturing there's no way to tell if a limb has some fibers messed up. Right. So, yeah. But they're making it right. I mean, I, I couldn't ask for, you know, once I called them, they had, yep, give me your address. They're on their way. 
Yeah, that's cool. Well, let's get to the episode. Yeah. Uh, today we got uh, Midwest Wildlife, uh, Ryan, Dustin, and Tristan come on, and we talk about uh, property management, you know, land management, just uh, summer projects, just all kinds of fun stuff. We just, we go down several rabbit holes. <laughs> Large rabbit holes. Large yeah. rabbit holes, and uh, we have a good time, so... Um, We'll get into the show, and anything else, fillers? Hope you enjoy. All right. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Got a good one today. Today we got uh, three of the guys from Midwest Wildlife. Full house tonight. Yeah, six of us sitting around a little table in my basement. Sounds fun. You are the shortest. <laughs> no doubt about it. I don't know. Tristan, you're kind of short too, right? Bring it immediately. What the hell, man? Uh, we got Ryan Greco, uh, Dustin Williams, and Tristan Williams with Midwest Wildlife with us today. And we're going to talk some uh, summer property management stuff you know some summer um some things you should be doing this summer so yeah they got uh what'd you say you have a farm and then you got an extra 80 acres that just tied into it that y'all just picked up is that how that was going yeah we did on our west border uh, 80 acre patch of timber came up and we went ahead and got a hold of it turned a 160 farm into 240 perfect perfect and, uh, awesome opportunity yeah yeah it was one of those deals pretty much had to jump on it move some things around to make it happen and uh Got Dustin up there looking at some things with us to try to improve it. This year, we're really not going to do a whole lot just yet. Kind of wait, um, I get through this season. The, haven't even been to the new one yet. Yeah. Right. Cool. Well, before we get too much into that, let's uh, introduce introduce yourselves. You know, we said your names or whatnot, but tell us a little bit about yourselves and you know everything. Yeah, I'm Ryan Greco, um, and I just have a passion for the outdoors and enjoying it for what for what it has to offer. Um, I'm not doing too good here, so <laughs> that's all right, dude. You'll <laughs> warm up. No big deal. Jiminy. Uh, so we got Ryan, Dustin. Yeah, I'm Dustin Williams uh, from St. Joe, a little farther north of where everybody else is from here, I think. Yeah. Um, I went to school for fisheries and wildlife down at Mizzou, so I was a tiger. M-I-Z. M-I-Z. <laughs> uh, I saw the mugs, or the helmets in there. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah, been hunting forever, you know. Started bow hunting when I was 11, and that stuck so here we are it's very addicting yeah i actually started a business of my own it's in the baby steps you know it's called Mm -hmm. habitat works and i go and do management plans and consulting and actual contracting for people to do tsi or burning or whatever they might need done so that's awesome that's yeah that's that's neat and then tristan uh yeah i'm tristan williams i've just been hunting and fishing since i was uh well since i can remember Uh, i'm a videographer photographer i have a passion for shooting stuff outdoors anything outdoor related i like to take pictures of it or shoot video of it so uh it's kind of how i tie into midwest but uh yeah it's a great time we got we got a lot of things going right now and uh, excited to move forward with midwest and see where it takes us yeah why don't you uh tell us a little bit about midwest wildlife what you guys do yeah um so i'll just go ahead and start that back over ryan greco <laughs> <laughs> so anyways 
Got a little off track there, but yeah, Midwest Wildlife, uh, it's just an outlet for us to, you know, pursue the outdoors and, and share, you know, our experiences and the knowledge and, you know, troubleshooting that you come across out there, bounce ideas back and forth with guys that we like to hunt with and hang out with and, you know, see their success and their kids and families, all that good stuff. Uh, we put that coyote tournament on last year. Yeah, that, yeah, that's where, we, I mean, we came to know you guys. I mean, we were, last year we were, oh, what was that other tournament we were in? The, I don't remember. I'll tell you And then we found out about you guys, and, I mean, y'all are, you know, 10 minutes from my house pretty much, or, and so we found out about you guys, and we've been yeah. following your stuff ever since and watching that. I mean, y'all put out some really good, cool, awesome content. Yeah. So. Well, and, and not to interrupt, cool. Ryan, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you get back to that, but I will say, uh, that was a great tournament. That was, yep. yeah, it was first class. Whoever yeah. made the chili, <laughs> man, that was good. A lot of the girls teamed up on that. Yeah. The, Hemi, the Hemi household, I mean, they opened up the doors to us out there. It couldn't have worked out more perfect. Um, but uh, going back to Natural Born Killers, and, and what I was going to say was that that uh, night kind of showed exactly what all in one what we're about, you know, bringing people together for a good time. Nothing, nothing other than that, really, is what yeah. happened. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, you had a really big turnout. big turnout yeah year yeah. one i mean geez we we really lost count on how many people came and went that night but right uh, it was cool well, i mean we you had, had like some, 70 some prizes teams? was it 70 participants 70 something participants or yep. 70 yeah. teams i can't remember it was it was up there i think it might have been yeah it was 72 per, uh teams which you know two to four man teams so mm -hmm. there's like somewhere around 150 people at least uh that participate in the hunt itself and then people came to the prize draft raffle all that good stuff it but, was fun yeah, I was upset. I, 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 wasn't able to, I wasn't able to make it to that tournament. I, was, I don't even remember what I was doing. but And that was actually the first tournament. We'll we be there this money. year. Yeah. We'll be there this we won year. money at that tournament. Yeah. So. We got the smallest dog. <laughs> yeah, we did. That, dude, that hunt. The only guys, freaking coyote yeah, we shot that day. You beat me on that. I, got, I shot one that was small, and I was in the rounds for a while. <laughs> I think I lost it by two. So. Well, we, I mean, yeah. And we even we had to split it with uh, another guy that he actually tied Yeah, Yeah, we tied up. I think he was a placer, too. Uh, I believe oh, overall. I oh overall. yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, I, yeah, I can't remember. A couple what, of those guys doubled up on some money. I know that, but it was fun. It all goes it back great, to it's. Man. It's not. Yeah, it was fun. It's not about you know winning. Right. I mean, no. it was cool, no. but yeah, it was it's about having yeah. that fun. I mean, we getting to meet people, do what we're doing. Now oh yeah, and talk about it. I mean, we had that day. It was really. It was really compared to some of the other ones. As far as weather, you would have thought it would have been the perfect day to go out and hunt. Oh, yeah. We go out there, and we were thinking we were going to kill so many dogs. So calm, we only had know? we had one double come in that we didn't we get. Yeah, we <laughs> didn't work out, and then Sorry, we had Russell. one pretty much right at last light before we had to book it in. So you know it, that's just what it misses. is. Yeah, there's some guys who knew where they were at and waited for it too. You know they they knew where dogs were and waited for the tournament to yeah. go after him. But oh I mean, yeah. Everybody had a different strategy all in all. It was like, my strategy was to have a good time. And exactly. Everybody. I mean, that's and why so we can do it again. That's I mean, Nate remembers the chili out of all of this. Yeah. Some people, and I, I swear I remember some, some cookies. It was, it was, yeah, it was about the cookies. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another gal made that. I mean, it was a huge team effort. There was, I don't know, a couple dozen people involved that really helped see it all go through, you know? And I made the point that, uh, you know, couldn't have done it without you know one guy whether mm -hmm. he only did got one or two prizes for it or this guy did uh the chili or that one did the cookies it, it all just like worked out to be completely perfect so yeah. it was great no it was first class and yeah. i know it probably takes a lot of work but yeah, i hope you do it again next yeah, year yeah we're, we're going to i mean that's why we put first annual on there and make us have to live by it and people Very are good. asking all that good stuff so 
and then the uh, natural born killer guys, they actually, you know, gave us some tips and, mm-hmm. and some ideas and helped us out in some different ways too. So again, you know, just people working together for, you know, the overall sport. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see. Mm-hmm. But uh, going from there, um, that was why we wanted to do it out here because like you said, that was like the closest one out here on the east side, or mm-hmm. west side of Missouri, really. Um, so it was just fitting. A lot of people really wanted to do it. It's close to an area where a lot of people hunt. But. Yeah. So one thing you should know about our show, we get way off on rabbit holes. We go, in, we go <laughs> yeah, into rabbit holes a lot. That was kind of it for so, me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, this is awesome. This yeah. is what the show is. So I'm going to try to bring it back in and let you continue explaining what Midwest Wildlife well, yeah. is before we so interrupt it. It is kind of just that. I mean, the, we revolve around the tournament right now. That's part of our identity. Um, okay. Lifestyle brand. You know, we have the hats and shirts and uh, quality focused. Um, and then, again, you, you already talked a little bit about the content. Uh, Tristan and I have been working on the content together for, well, this was our third turkey season. Mm-hmm. So yep. the third turkey season that we've actually done some downright, like, focused on the goal. Um, and we've come so far. I mean, if I showed you guys the stuff that we filmed the first year together out there, you guys would laugh and wouldn't even believe it. But, <laughs> I would well, not um, laugh. I've <laughs> yeah, I mean, filmed three or four myself right now, and I've self-filmed a deer hunt and two turkey hunts. No, I, I believe it. It's Tristan would laugh at us. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> would. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. That's well, why he knows where he came from. Hunts. <laughs> Tristan knows where he came from. It didn't. He didn't just pick it up and know it. I mean, he worked. Mm-hmm. He's worked relentlessly at figuring out all these different little things to, you know, put these masterpieces together. And fortunately, we've been able to work together really well at it. So that's kind of where it lies. And then we really have been just a business. It'll be uh, one year this third quarter into this third quarter of 2020 will be one year as a legitimate business so um we're trying to grow covid didn't help uh we had a (laughs) deal going with some uh hopeful opportunities that kind of came crashing down because of that put some things on hold but uh we're still getting after it and then so that kind of leads to dustin and i's relationship he went to mizzou wrestled there with my brother uh down there new guys new guys through each other and whatnot and I had an Ozark farm, and we got together on it, what, just this? February, yeah, I think. Yeah, February. That just happened to be oh, a half a yeah, mile from my spot. fiance's brother's house. And so I took his ranger over, and we did some work that day. and Flipped uh, it. <laughs> yeah, flipped it. Gave a analyst. The property, uh, not the ranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost, though. That place yeah. is like a mountain You're good. down there. Yeah, yeah. if you ain't good. So yeah, sorry. I just want to make sure no one knew we flipped that range. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been more fun. I'm yeah. sure it's yeah. been flipped. Yeah, we so. flipped the property. Well, we were down there, and uh, we just—I've uh, always kind of, uh, I guess, been a guy who kind of wings it out here, deer hunting. Figured it out by trial and error, all that good stuff. I've been bow hunting since I was 12, uh, so seventh grade. I was like, I need to be out there more. All we were doing was hunting one time a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, it was kind of that's what you did. Your dad took you out for rifle season. You're lucky enough to get to go those two, three days, whatever. And I was just driven to go more and more. So bow hunted, figured a lot of it out on my own, uh, which that's how I like to do things anyways. But um, I'm fascinated in the science of it all and just kind of checking in on what I've known and have learned and come to know. And so that's where I like to get into this stuff with Dustin of, you know, different ideas or kind of out of the box stuff. Um, 
kind of breaking it down, you know, you've got natural, more, yeah, yeah the, more natural what's feel. there, what needs to be there, what needs to Make be taken up. out. Right. Basically every, would you say square acre working for you right. on the land, right. not just, Oh, here's where I want my 10 acre food plot or there's a nice oak tree. You know, it was, yeah. Hey, let's zone in on some of this other stuff of how these deer travel all encompassing yeah. thermal patterns and mm-hmm. just anything that, is beneficial to to the hunter you know yeah just to know. and again i think things that you're still halfway aware of you know or should be at least if you're trying to harvest mature deer i mean and if you're not that's fine too you know but um i've been able to what i live by is leveling up so i've leveled up you know i've killed deer and tried to grow as i kill them you know and sometimes you go backwards sometimes you don't whatever um it's uh, we've talked about this in our show it's about what's your individual experience what are you looking to get yeah what's what's your what's your year look like what's your there's 100 different variables you know people yeah it's not just getting to go out and hunt some people can't hunt 15 days out of a season you know take what opportunity they can that's their choice to um but i wanted to get into some of this other stuff challenge myself a little further um, and just gain a little more understanding for future references and stuff. And so, fortunately, <laughs> Dustin and I have yeah, got together. It's been great. My, I mean. Myself, like with Midwest Wildlife, I'm the habitat guy. As a deer hunter, though, and turkey hunter, uh, I'm more like the public hunting guy or the hunting public guys. Okay, right. Uh, been crossing rivers and stuff since my dad and I lost permission on our good hunting farm in 2003, and we started at one public hunting spot and conservation area here in missouri and every year since then i've been to that same one (laughs) plus a bunch of different ones and i like to go you know just across the state and hit one and just see what i get into and that's kind of my style as a hunter oh yeah but my real passion is like managing land yeah and my experience in work is managing land. i mean go ahead sorry but that probably helps out whenever it gets into that public land i mean because you can I mean, I'm assuming you pull up your Onyx or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. mapping device you use, and you're like, well, I know in my experience this is what works, and this is where the deer should be moving and coming from and right. bedding and Being feeding. Able to understand and, topography. Yeah, and, yeah, all and those things. What it so, offers. Really, like, since those guys started getting big, a lot of my knowledge base has expanded a lot mm-hmm. because there's been more people kind of getting towards that. Mm-hmm. Um the whole thermal patterning thing was a huge game changer that for me developed and evolved last year from like ultimate baby level to like every time I went hunting, I was either meeting deer head on or sneaking up on them. Right. right. I'm so a, you I'm took a mover. the guy, you're, you went from the example, you know, I, I'm sure everybody kind of knows there's guys who really don't believe to hunt the wind even. I don't know right. if they ran cross oh, or not, whatever. I, I was one of them when I, mean, I first started hunting. There's a lot of people who I just, just went flat out dumb. Yeah. Like, it does not matter. Are you can't, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I'll smoke what, my cigarette and the deer's yeah, tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if you then they don't do want to like, hunt the it. wind, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that it can't work or won't, but I'm all about increasing the odds, you know. Yeah, right. So what I'm hearing Dustin say is that he's taking, you know, that uh, serious avenue, uh, you know, that some people yep. still are kind of linger on which I, I don't at all. I hunt the wind. And now he's taken that to that level of the thermals. You know, he hunts the thermals and thinks you're crazy if you don't. You can get I busted mean. on a deer that is upwind of you mm-hmm. directly, you know, and like he smells why? you. And you're like, uh, you know, like yeah. I did everything that I'm supposed to do. 
But that uh, scent was carried. Yeah, it, it right went. To him. It went with the wind for a little bit, but when that gust died back down, it it's fell. Gonna, it's going yeah, back yeah. towards. It either a fall or rise, you yeah. know. And I've always known that in, in the morning, in the in the night, you know, there's obviously thermal energy shifts, but to dive into it on the level that he's now doing it's just bringing a whole nother yeah aspect to you know like i said increasing the odds well not everybody has those same experiences i mean we kind of we kind of got into thermals yep because uh, i'm a big believer in those too mm-hmm. when we started going out west out elk west. hunting right because yeah. it's all about thermals out there yeah i've been to colorado four times and haven't even got to apply oh. that yet because it was last year that i yeah. learned it. Yeah. it and it's, it's it's a mind screw because you're like hey i think i'm good yeah. nope you're not yep. you know and and it's it's this that's damn where thermals. that being out there would really make you a believer of it, i would guess you sure. have to plan your hunt yeah, your day based it. off thermal shifts out there and mm-hmm. it's yeah. just More if you don't you're it's really weird in like you know the middle of the day to just hunker down Mm-hmm. And just sit for three hours, yeah. but that's it's the right decision. Yeah. That is nap time. Yeah. That's yeah. nap time. And uh, so, yeah, I can, I can glass. definitely get the glasses out. Oh, uh, where we go, we you, are. you can't see you, from here to the wall. Yeah, it, we, yeah, we hunt that so. dark, dark timber, a lot of lowdown, and we don't get too much glass and opportunity. But I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, that, if, for those in a particular spot. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we recently had um, Aaron Warbritton with the Hunting Public was on. Yeah. And one thing I I started using last year, the year before, milkweed. Yep, it used to use the puffer deal, right? Yep. And then started watching those guys. I'm like, shit, that's cool. And then you're driving down the highway, and luckily you for us, Missouri's Department of Transportation, I think, is starting to get on it where they don't mow everything anymore, <laughs> and they mow it less. And so now we got I a lot of milkweed to pull over right. and grab. I remember the first time I used it at one of the spots I hunt. I'm right on a, a creek, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I can feel the wind hitting me in the cheek the way I want it to. I want it to come across my left cheek, going right. And I drop that milkweed in straight down mm-hmm. the opposite way, right down that creek. And you're mm-hmm. like, I'm screwed. I mean, and that, that puffer stuff doesn't show you that because it's gone after yeah, you know, 10 feet. Carry. Dissipates. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, well, have you guys heard of the smoke bomb? In a deer stand, I, I have, I've seen the commercials and things like that. Yeah, they say don't do it during season. You can do it during season, and if you're set up in the right spot, it won't matter. But you light your smoke bomb, and then like wind travels like water, not straight line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So every tree, every yeah. bush, every mm-hmm. animal that Rolls walks around, through yeah. your scent moves around and goes up and down, and it ends up in places that you would not even imagine. Mm-hmm. So there's right. a lot of times that if you're set up wrong deer getting you like way before you even know they're in the area oh yeah, you know? oh, yeah. don't even know they ever were yeah even gonna i mean same as the wind same as right. if you blatantly sit in a bad wind right. Right. it's just another notch you know yeah, yeah they have their checking points yeah you know? yeah and they you might fool especially bow hunting it's just and they work together i like too. a 20 yard shot so yeah. i want to do everything i can to get that deer within you know 23 to 18 yards you know mm-hmm. I like the close encounter. I don't yeah. really. I don't really want to shoot them at thirty-five, forty yards with my bow. Yeah. And so I mean, I you just see it all, and so it brings it back to kind of what uh, Dustin was saying. You know, the, all of us have that public bone in us. Tristan's chased on it. I mean, all of us sitting here, um, mm-hmm. we'll go, go, go hard at it. We don't have the luxury like some people do, or we have at other times that we may not. Now, fortunately, this farm we're talking about here in particular. Uh, family owns 160 uh in-laws that me and my brother-in-law hunt but i did buy the 80 next to it and so 
Um, it gives us the opportunity to do a little bit of both, but we'll chase we'll chase these deer anywhere we have to, you know, right. too, and breaking it down. But this gives us a, a, an ability to really break these down to hunt the best for us that they can when we have the right opportunity to hunt them so that we don't have to, you know, run around on all these other yeah. public grounds here and there. Uh, during deer season, that can become pretty defeating at times. And I know Tristan could talk a lot about that. Uh, <laughs> I've had some sob Dude, stories out public there. public ground you know? is fun. It's, it, is. it is. I love it yeah. for turkey hunting especially, but yeah. deer hunting, it's a whole. It's hard, man. It's really, really, really But really at the hard. same time, you know, we, we was but it you and me? You or get in it, there. We were just talking about this last mm-hmm. week about, man, sometimes it would be nice to go hunt public ground and just be like, I'm, I'm hunting and this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. How much time do we spend every summer, which is the topic we're going to talk about is summer projects, mm-hmm. on our properties with food plots work and whatever you spend just hours upon hours for the chance of that you know that one deer you might be after or whatever Mm -hmm. sometimes there's something to be said for just just going hunting going well that's what it is yeah you're going hunting in in the nomadic uh experience you know uh, tristan's dad he's real he's real nomad hunter he'll be gone i think a lot of times that's why we do that or he does that or you know myself i do it it too it's like you're out there and it's a challenge you just like hunting a new property if someone invites you and say hey come you can come hunt my property or whatever with us this weekend and i show up and i'll just bring a hang on or a, mm-hmm. a climbing stand or whatever just to kind of you know go look and see right. what maybe you think might because it's your yeah. choice and, you know not everybody gets that freedom either but that's what it's about i agree well know. there's no better place to learn Chasing. like deer behavior though more than public ground you know that Missouri has such like vast and vast, amazing yeah. pro- properties vast. that everybody can hunt. You don't have to own property, but it's the best place to just go watch. I mean, you're not after a specific deer that you've been letting grow for three years, like on your property. You know all the management. You're just you don't know what's there, but you get to study the land more to figure out where you think the biggest deer will be. Yeah, and learn it that way. Oh, so yeah. it's just and a whole different avenue of learning. How the doe travel, and then mm-hmm. you're in there during the rut, and yeah, it's it will teach you a lot. You just have to have, Might not have you have to have that mindset that today might be ruined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it might, yeah. you know, uh, and I think you're, watching you're the shows like busted. The Hunting Public and guys like Born and Raised, we watch with elk hunting and stuff. Mm-hmm. You just got to go into it knowing everybody owns this public ground just like me. Yep. And I might be on a perfect setup, I think, and I might have a guy walk through it 10 minutes before dark. Oh, yeah. It is what it is. And they and, talk about, too, like, I was real bad forever about getting really defeated when i ran into another human out there right and i'm just like like that's a good thing damn it you know like talk to each other like see what a lot of them guys are still that way but a lot of them really aren't Mm -hmm. and they're just like us and they just they're out there having fun it's kind of bummy to them that they ran into you Mm -hmm. just like it was but if you can go find your own nook and they can go you know you can figure it out aaron used to aaron said this in our episode with him he said when he would first run into people it w- he would get pissed off and like yeah this is my spot i had you know or like and go hide he, and try not learned, to let them see you or right like whatever and he know? learned yeah. that's a great thing yeah because now i know there's people here the deer aren't going to be there right i'm going to find somewhere else there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. you use it to your advantage, advantage. you have to yeah. and obviously if adapt you, and overcome every time if you're going to hunt it, it, you can be hunting we can be hunting this 160 and yeah. there could have been people walking around the whole border of it earlier mm-hmm. that day yep. or any time you don't know so yep. so summer projects yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i think that's cool um a, a cool subject is to talk about what are some cool summer projects 
um, summer land management things that that we should be doing right yeah there's now. a lot of people i mean we're we're, we're getting a little late right? now but sure i mean yeah if we were four or five six weeks ago there's we can still touch on some of that oh, stuff absolutely. too yeah. but yeah we're, we're definitely we're going to be releasing this in august and and yeah that just is yeah. what it is but yeah we um, you know there's a lot of people out there that either have access or, or own land that they're kind of like a lot of us even mm-hmm. maybe before you started learning a lot about it dustin is what, what in the hell do I do? What do I, I got? Do? It. What do I do with it? Right. Check yeah. trail cameras. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Throw that bag of corn down. Everyone's <laughs> oh, yeah. That preseason yeah. attract. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Get the deer cane. Yeah. Get the deer cane. Get the deer cane. That mineral lick. Get that established. That's all I need. No, that's that's legit <laughs> oh, though. Man. I mean, mineral something you can do anytime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, mineral. We we want to always do mineral. Yeah. I mean, all year round, it's always an yeah. easy thing to do during the summers. So I know people aren't going to be doing this yet, but beginning of the summer, what are some things that you start thinking about? Hey, okay, here's some here's some thoughts. Here's what I'm going to start planning for. And then as you go through your summer, what do you start transitioning into? You know, so when do you when do you really start messing with your stuff, preparing for the year coming up? Um, I mean, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> shooting. Yeah, I mean, you're shooting all the time, staying comfortable there. I don't think anybody has a problem doing that. Um, as far as land management goes, though, you want to think that during the summer months, you're trying to be relatively uninvasive. So early on, you want to have your access ready to go, uh, get in there, slip in there. Uh, get that access ready to go, yeah. basically. Got a dog walking through. Basically, the access as soon as, I don't know, what, six weeks into major growth season. Um, and then from there, groom it. Yeah, it monitoring, manicured. a lot of monitoring. So if you do have some established food plots or ones that you're just, like, trying to get going, a lot of times you're going to be battling a lot of weeds and you're going to mm-hmm. be battling, you know, not like a failed pl- food plot. So what do you yep. do then? You know, time it for the rain, try to get an overseed in. You know, it's it's a monitoring process on a property like this. Um, a lot of Just a lot of mowing. You can Invasive species are probably the biggest – issue that i face on a daily basis and summertime is good for invasive species for a couple reasons because when you spray in the summer that plant is going under more stress from the high heat Mm -hmm. and just dryness um and then there's also growing season burning less chance of the seed spores yep germinating plants i don't know you guys uh watch dr woods growing deer tv yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, absolutely extremely informational um way above my pay grade uh but One you know day. plants in the summertime especially the late summertime all their energy's up here so mm-hmm. if you kill them down here they don't have anything left right so that's a mm-hmm. good good summer thing too uh post june 15th getting ready right those. yeah um yeah like a lot of monitoring summer is kind of limited mm-hmm. it is and i mean this farm in particular so the 160 it's we're kind of at we can do whatever we want hunting wise you know it's it's you know your deal do what you need to with it help out it's uh the grandfather my grandpa uh in-law is what it'd be it's his place and so he'll he'll it's crp what probably at least three quarters almost of it yeah so to speak i'd say 100 acres is almost crp and then the other 60s ditches and draws but we have established mineral sites so always go through freshen those up whether we have cameras in front of them or not that's always the thing keeping those good 
uh, for your doe population and then you know overall antler growth um, like Dustin said that the food plots if something if there's a failed one spraying it off otherwise you know helping manicure the, the uh, weeds out of it fertilizing them uh, making sure that they do have water sites you know like we got a couple little dried up ponds is what i call them but the creeks still feed them mm-hmm. uh, all go through and just kind of pull logs and stuff out to continue to feed them as best as they can so that whatever water we can get in there we keep um and then you know, little, your, uh, your border trails yeah border trail maintenance a little to go along with the mineral thing and the food plot thing uh like your plot rock Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah the broadcasting yep. mineral mm-hmm. say you got a patch of just tall grass or something and it's in the perfect v and you want to start a food plot there <clears throat> and it's july one you go in you knock down the tall grass you terminate it most likely with chemical i try to do it without if i can't but that's a lot tougher to do Difficult. right yeah you get your seed down and you spread that plot rock or Redmond, you can just get like you can get stuff just like it at yeah. TSC. That's you know it's I widely it, available. I call it the mineral plot. Yeah, and then any his, any plant that grows in that area has that mineral in it. So the deer critters aren't having to go through the soil to eat. get that mineral. They don't gotta eat dirt to do it. Yeah, when <laughs> yeah. you think about a deer, what's yeah. the what's the biggest cause for aging is their teeth. Right, right. You wear the Grind teeth down. down. Yep, and then. He's probably going to have some health issues because he's been eating dirt mineral, you right. know, for whatever. Yeah. Is my thinking, at least. Well, but, I mean, it makes theory. sense. I'm, yeah. I'm not a scientist. If you but can yeah. give it to him easier, yeah. you might as well. Right. You know, and not only that. You I, know what's it's funny, though, concentrated is. concentrated either. Yeah. And I don't know what you all do, but when we, I personally, on my mineral sites, I know Andy does this. We mix our own. We think we're mm-hmm. scientists. I don't know. <laughs> Big well, I fifty-five you just gallon. Said you yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we buy salt and trace mineral and yeah. dical and, and, I'll I'll have a pile of it right here, and I'll get on camera a damn deer five feet away from it where it washes digging in the damn dirt mm-hmm. when he's got a pile of it. See, it could I, be too hard. It could I've be never hardened. even thought yeah. about that. And I'm just yeah. like, what? I mean, it doesn't bother me. I spread mine there, out but. in a general area. Always have. I mean, probably two, three times the size of this table here, uh-huh. which was tapped on it, just because I don't like it all concentrated in one area. Anyway. Yeah. And then they pack it down so much that it turns into like an area that holds water pretty much too so right. it's like a little bit of a pond area mineral pond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i mean i have one that's the size of this room yeah and he shot a doe tristan did over it last year and it's like a mineral watering hole pretty much right but that's a good idea i didn't think of that i mean i, I do it out drop it and it's you know this pyramid deal and i've mm-hmm. seen it to where it will harden up pretty darn thick so um I ran mineral for like ten years. It's always just kind of been my thing, just keeping mineral in there. We, I've always ran it, but I've always just went and like bought a damn trophy rock, mm. and nothing against trophy. I mean, no, I would just buy the trophy rock ground well, and down. You pay though. for it, and then yeah. you look at it. It's not, much. and you look at the back, yeah. and the ingredients is like ninety nine point some percent just straight salt. I just get, which is yeah, fine. I get that but, same mineral rock just ground up. Yeah, and that will harden up mm-hmm. like that, like that. You yeah. know, so his suggestion spreading it out. I mean. You can do. I've done, you can spread it out over the top of your food plot, and it's still going to give a mineral right yeah. through the clover. I've you done. Know? You know, trees will be multiple stem. One dies, and you've got this nook that holds water and stuff. Mm-hmm. Throw some mineral in. Yep. Yeah. You want water very, very close to your mineral sites. Yeah. You know, I'm 
I'm sure some of you are aware of that. Some people aren't, but you want it within a stone's throw pretty much of your. I've got a problem in one of my spots. Dustin, I want to hear your, your, your thoughts on this. So one of my spots, I've got a problem. My mineral site stays wet, just like you were saying, Ryan, Mm -hmm. but really wet. So if we get one good rain, washes, washes it down. And so, well, I mean, maybe that's not a bad thing. My mineral site has turned into a pretty large site because Mm -hmm. it'll wash. Yeah. And Go it's killing everything, you know, yeah. down of it. Yeah. And now the site's probably 20 foot long yeah. by 10 foot wide. I would assume that a lot of that, other than the... It's got good sunlight in there. You could probably put... No, nah, not really. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would assume that other than the, the direct high flow part of that, a lot of that soil around is still pretty rich, mm-hmm. I would imagine. I've not seen it where it washes and then you've got like an elongated i've seen the big wash out like whole craters but <laughs> this uh, like well like this is trough. kind of a this is kind of a weird setup because it was my bad right so the first year we started doing mineral i know we're going off on a tangent but well, mineral we mineral is a big deal though. the Part first year we we did it i had this smart idea for the first couple of months of the summer to, to put soybean meal in with it and i'm like oh they'll love that mm. well soybean meal gets wet what's it do Ross. Ross. Yeah. <laughs> and so the Turns. original site I had, I went to check it one day, and it was—I mean, it was a dead animal smell. Just oh, rank. So I had to—I had to shovel it out of there. Oh, all the, and so that was well, the original site. <laughs> then I moved the site up uphill, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. And now it's you know one large oh, spot okay. because I had to kind of—I mean, I, I remember walking in there going, "Something's dead in here." The crazy and thing then I look, is, I'm though, like, "Oh, it's that." After he moved it. They started using the old site. Yeah. Like, once he shoveled it out of there, we had, on, on camera, they were going back to the old rotten spot and wow. not the new spot. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, but now it's just kind of all one big, um, you know, mineral site. But, you know, I'll go dump a dump a five-gallon bucket of that, and the first rain, gone. Yeah. You know, it doesn't harden up like I kind of want it to here I'd, and there. Yeah, I'd probably move it to well, where it doesn't get ran off. Build a, I, build I've a had spots, or something. believe it or not. I, this was years ago, too, where I would put the big old... Just uh, say it, Andy. Just say it. Say you're right. I, he said build a brim. I believe I did that. You did do that. <laughs> yeah, yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I did something, too. So, in St. Joe, up there where I live, we get... We're fortunate to have some urban agricultural ground to hunt. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that city deer get big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the original landowner, when we started, passed away, and then we had to fight like hell to <clears throat> continue hunting it. We got that, but the new farmer has uh, tactics of, like, removing all the trees and the waterways and planting mm-hmm. every square inch. Right. Which for us is not what you want. Right. They used to have grass. They had a whole big patch of timber that he took out, and so there's a lot of erosion and things oh, like that. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, well, what do I do uh, to try to you know make make lemonade out of these the lemons. bad lemons? You yeah. know, <laughs> uh, some of those washout spots. Why not? He can't get into that. So use those little nooks to just get something growing. If you know water flows through there, I purposely did kind of what you were struggling with, and I would put a bunch of mineral at the head cut of a erosion ditch. Mm-hmm. It's a small one. Let if it was a huge it one, yeah, yeah, and let yeah, it kind yeah. of carry it across that field because it was about a 200-yard stretch. And it, I mean, I figured it probably wasn't going to make it down there right away. 
Mm-hmm. It'll at least kind of rich that area up. And there was a little, quite a bit of deer traffic that, I mean, they're going to travel that anyways because it's a corridor, but mm-hmm. it, it, I think it helped. I mean, you know, for me, it, that the land management side of what I do is, I don't know, what can you do to make your spot a little more appealing to the deer than the one mm-hmm. half a mile away? Mm-hmm. Are you helping or not? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to, to, to try some different things. Right. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people are big on food plots. Yeah, I mean, I think you can do nothing and just learn how to hunt it all and your access yeah. correctly. I mean, the food plot stuff and mineral sites, all that's great, you yeah. know, but. Or just manage your property. Yeah. I mean, you said this one that um, we're looking at, what, 160 and plus the 80 or something. Yeah, the 80 is next. I mean, we'll, we'll okay. break into hunting, you know, a little bit of it this year. We're not going to get ahead of ourselves. Um on it because you know we want to take advantage we know a lot of bucks are coming in out right. there mm-hmm. on our property i mean i i typically hunt the west side anyways that ties into it that's kind of my sweet spot over there but um we'll get into that if we didn't have a food plot on here and even when the ones we do i don't particularly hunt on over them or on them same with the mineral sites because to me it's just overall herd <laughs> health and population so anytime you can get out there and kind of help the does that are you know trying to raise up fawns or make your bucks have bigger antlers the easiest thing, most beneficial thing you can do. And then if you want to choose to hunt over it, you know, make sure, your spot yeah. more appealing, great, more power to you, but um, is the mineral. And then it's water from there for me. And then second is really just making sure that I have all my access points in, uh, manicured, you know, and, and whether that CRP's tall grass that year or was cut off that year isn't really going to make any difference to me other than um, still having to have my access points into the little timber pockets that I choose to hunt. A lot yes, of landowners he, might be okay with. Uh, so, uh, Dustin, you might know these guys. They're they're on our network, Land and Legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, love to talk to them sometime. They're they're real nice guys. They're big on uh, at least from what I'm listening to them. It sounds like this. You might have a 200 acre farm. You don't have a single mineral site or a single food plot. But if you manage the property correctly, mm-hmm. do maybe some hinge cutting, mm-hmm. provide cover for the animals. Yep. <laughs> You just brought them to you without actually changing anything, anything. and you yeah. and you're improving your your property by yeah, removing some canopy and you yeah. know some stuff like that. So that's yeah, what that's we're doing. that's my that's my the like goal. strongest area is the timber work. Um, TSI is Huge. incredible. Like for carrying capacity is what you're changing. You can l- literally hold a lot more deer and feed them longer in areas that have had TSI work done. They're going to get tender brows coming up because the sunlight that comes down that's not being blocked by the closed canopy. Mm-hmm. All kinds of cover because a deer lives at five foot and below. <clears throat> right. We often, me not last year, but most of the time we're thinking we're up in a tree and you know you want this cover and stuff. But to them, unless they're seasoned to tree stand hunters, which they may or may not be, this is where mm-hmm. this is where they're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if they feel concealed six foot lower you know mm-hmm. just a dynamic as you go through there uh that's the best best thing that you can do and yeah. it's probably the cheapest thing you can do too uh, i mean the only if thing you do it yourself you can get a, you 
you get a buddy and a case of beer. You go out there with a chainsaw. <laughs> maybe wait till after you're done working. Yeah. But whack it trees a, down. You can yeah. get a lot of work done. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's do a little huge. research, but yeah, yeah. Sure. definitely do. Don't yeah. just Missouri Woods and Water guys said just to cut down our entire <laughs> place. <laughs> get some beer and go get a chainsaw and start cutting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a good time. Get rid of yeah. all the timber. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that, that I'm with them though. I follow that yeah. carrying capacity <laughs> thing is like. I've seen it because I've had the opportunity to go back to some projects and, you know, see how it improves year to year. And it's a huge mess, which turns a lot of people off. But, you yeah. know, what's a big buck like? A huge mess. Yeah. So why not create a huge mess in, like, any patch of timber that you have? And right. it becomes better. Well, and it's, it's, it's looking for the long-term goal, mm-hmm. the time you're working on it. Once again, I was listening you to another, see more deer. another uh, podcast on our network, the Bear Hunter uh, magazine podcast. He had Landon Legacy on, and they were doing some more talking, and they started talking about Japanese honeysuckle. Yep, bush honeysuckle. There's a lot of people that think it's great because the, the deer eat the berries, blah, blah, blah. It's invasive. But that's an invasive species, and it's, it's short-term payout yeah. for, for yeah. detrimental, for detrimental uh, things. Uh, right. But you try telling somebody maybe that – I'm hunting over these honeysuckles, and I'm these deer are coming right to it, and I'm yeah. killing them. You're an idiot. Like, yeah. n- no, I'm not doing that. And it's, right. you know, they talk about having to reprogram people in the way you think, and it's about long-term goals. Yeah. And, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, for instance, TSI. Yeah. There's potentially a lot of people listening to this show that don't know what does that mean. Yeah. What, yeah. what does TSI entail? Timber stand improvement. There yep. you go. And And what are some things that, Let's say you just bought this this property here. What Dustin would be the first thing you would do? Just you bought it. Um, you might have walked through it, obviously, but yeah. first thing you're going to do. Um, let's say you bought it in May. Well, so, so this farm, for example, Ryan told me that they recently logged all the mature walnuts out of it, so they lost two a lot of roost trees years ago. Yeah, and stuff we did. Walnuts don't provide a whole lot of benefit to whitetail, but, but the, the turkeys, roost trees, yeah, yeah hurt. Um, it helped with the timber, with the, yeah. for the for the deer, but so knowing that, go in there. I saw some of those stumps that they had cut, and they've got ten or fifteen sprouts on them. Mm-hmm. So for the walnuts only, you're going in and you're picking at this point, you know, three, four, five of them. A couple of years, you're narrowing it down to one that's doing the best, mm-hmm. and then in that area where the old one was yeah, taken from. At that point, you just use a hierarchy of what trees you do and don't want. And, you know, for me, it's oaks, hickories, walnuts, because of their log value, really, because it's nice to have options to get that farm payment. Right. Um, yeah, future. And then your softer woods, like elms, a little bit softer, you know, elms, hackberries, just stuff that does well. Uh, and then you got your locusts and your hedge, and and it's all, it's all every piece of land's different. So there's no cookie-cutter method to sure. You have to, to go to through and take the time to identify mm-hmm. and, and understand and mark and then take out what you don't want and, and then work on it year in and year out. This farm, so I guess to kind of wrap our heads back into, I guess, the summer plan sure. or whatever. Tactics, don't do TSI yeah, in summer. Don't do that in the <laughs> summer. Um, let's just go and say that this farm was exactly in line, exactly how we wanted it. Um, and it really would just be a manicuring process. Like you bought speaking. it in May, and it's like just yeah. perfect. Everything, yeah. Yes. Our, our our trails are established. Our you know wind direction trails. Everything's just in shape, perfectly established. It's just a manicure standpoint, generally speaking, in the summer. You know, trail cams, maybe freshening up minerals, like we said, 
food plots, kind of going through nitpicking things. Now, if you wanted to add a project in on a year, you know, that your farm's already manicured, um, this farm in particularly speaking would uh, be a good candidate to put a couple wildlife ponds in. And so you just come in and you find a hillside that has a good um, slope or grade to it that you notice some drainage run towards a creek or something in that direction. And if you can find a clay area, it's even better. And then we come through and we'll dig that out. We'll make about a 10 yard by five, six, seven, eight yard pond that then stays full all year because it's on that backside of a hill. And then, I mean, it's like a it's like a food plot, you know, but for water. They gotta right have there. it. It's, yeah. a, it's another thing that they're gonna go to. And I I picked that tactic up years ago uh, hunting down in Gasconade County. I got to hunt on a guy's farm. I think he had six six to eight hundred acres down there, and he'd have all these uh, slow rolling hilltops, and every one of them, you know, he had these wildlife ponds and every night you'd just see deer you know it didn't matter when hmm. they just come crawling right up and get that easy access water um so a lot of bucks over them or in those areas but i mean to me i like hunting doe because if i know that i, my, I understand and learn my doe population and that's something you can also do in the summer too checking in on your does um you know from afar to see how they're doing you know there's um to me if i know they're consolidating in certain areas then i'm going to be able to understand how the bucks are going to most likely be traveling uh come later on that that they know where that those are time, you know and, <laughs> and that's the biggest thing with this farm is it holds anywhere from eight to twelve doe um between the two sides that's on the 160 and so sure enough you'll always have some bucks running around in there if you sure. take care of those doe it's not really a buck domain now the 80 acres that we just bought that's what i'm going to consider like a big buck factory mm-hmm. um they're coming in and out of there it's a big chunk of timber next to it and i mean we're going to go hog wire on seed or thinning <clears throat> i mean all sorts of everything we're talking about is going to go down on that 80 yeah. acres I because mean, we're going to walk every square inch he is the owner we can do whatever actually control it yeah. yes 100 percent on it you know and i don't stretch the boundaries on the other side i do what needs to be done to keep them happy which keeps me happy and it's a good working relationship super thankful for it too but i can't go in and dig a wildlife pond in there you right know what i mean right. i can't I can't say I'm leaving this can't tell him to section of CRP of this year. Yeah, I need that <laughs> yeah. done by this time. You know, we'd be burning all this stuff off if it was you know <laughs> our our particular choice. But um, summers really kind of kick back, relax, get amped up for the season, and just keep your method and approach in check. You know, yeah. Um, go back through, do some cl- cl- uh, clip in trimming on your main trails. You know, this one in particular, we got this south side trail for a north wind that would come through the center. That's got to be kind of gone through. This stuff that really at this point should be done. If it's not, go get it done as fast as you can. I don't really get out and hunt on these properties till late October anyway. So to me, it's not overly pressing. I mean, it's coming down to the wire. But right. You know, it's funny. I always say, I got time. It's not overly pressing. And the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it'll, be, yeah, it'll be overly pressing about next weekend if we don't <laughs> yeah, get it done no yeah. kidding i mean i've got plans to get up there on the 15th and pretty much knock out the remaining odds and ends and maybe one other weekend from there and these these that 160 and that 80 that are literally right next to each other are a perfect example of not being cookie cutter mm-hmm. because on on his Nothing 80 but cedars cedars hardly. a lot of hedge probably and honey locusts yeah. up in them old former pasture areas but over here you've got some established like mature timber Obviously, it has that junk in there, too, but nice grass. For the most part, it's established hardwood timber. Yeah. And 
<clears throat> yeah, that 80 there has every bit of it all. You know, it's got yeah. the thick briars that you can't even mm-hmm. walk through. It's got mature timber through the center, and then it's got the sparse. Mm-hmm. Early successional post cattle operation yeah. looking stuff is what mm-hmm. that is in there. You know, the the water is something I never oh, really thought about. Oh, it's huge. That's because like my favorite thing. Everywhere I've ever hunted, there's been water around. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I just told you I hunt right on a creek. Right, you know, and, I'm like, and well, okay, there's but... theories that they don't like to drink out of moving water, huh. and they'll drink out of a creek, you know, where it puddles up or pulls up or stops. Um, but they do. They want to. I think a calm setting when they go to get a drink. They want to be able to hear. Yeah, want to be able to. I mean, that makes, makes a lot of sense. Everything yeah. still. And you moving know. water is turbid, so yeah. you've got yeah. you got suspended soil. I've only yeah, seen one deer ever drink out of a creek, and that was that one right there, right before I've, he died. I've <laughs> seen. Yeah, uh, he shouldn't have been drinking out. He, of he, he, he took he, a drink he, and he then stepped out. <laughs> so I, I'm not saying that they won't, but. It, it, general rule of thumb i just uh known to see them i mean they'll drink out of like just a puddle of water yeah there mm-hmm. because that's the easy that makes sense they're the a safe thing. bet for them you know and yeah. if they have this established area that's their water site it's pretty much lights out in my opinion um it's one of my number one things it's an easy scouting tool too because you, yeah you get the you know no bucks are really hitting that one i can see what footprints are yeah. in there so oh, maybe absolutely. the bucks over on a different one too, all sorts so. of yeah benefits to it the scouting tool as well um so good spot for cameras. you just mentioned camera spot different you know. types of timber in that that 80 you bought mm-hmm. that's one thing you know at one of the places i'm at and you know mike has got some new places uh, he got yeah, access to similar. this year I've got an interest. It's not a very large property, but it's the timber itself is basically cut in half right down the middle, right? Mm-hmm. By a creek. The north side of that timber is mostly hardwoods, um, you know, your normal oaks, stuff like that, but it's pretty thick canopy. There's not a lot of sunlight getting in. Mm-hmm. And in the back half, which scares me, is a bunch of thick, thorny locust. Nothing you can hang in. You didn't see any right stands when you know, walk around that way. People keep talking about you need to mess with that. But we might be those those mature deer live there. Yeah, I mean they because it's thick. Nothing wants to go in there. You know, and mm-hmm. they slip in, slip out. Yeah, and I'm they can take I'm reluctant to, to mess with, with it. No competition. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, because I know a guy. I know it's I know it's bedding area. And he's getting his cards out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, that's the thing that you know people have to kind of think is is this going to um screw what's the up. word is it going to screw it up invasive. or is what's yeah. going on now going to last right because right. eventually you're going to keep using so, that or yeah. is it going to overgrow it and so bad yeah. yeah yeah and that's it's funny you said because that's exactly what's going on here and a lot of the drawings i have on here are to try to wrangle that back in but still have some of that uniqueness to it that does offer you know certain hide or cover to them there's there's a real um back and forth there i hunted an area that was real similar and i hunted it for six seven years in a row and you could kind of watch it grow up you know and Mm -hmm. it was real awesome for like three or four years because it was just the perfect setting but then it went it went from not being tall enough to perfect to too tall too overgrown you know then you can't see nothing can really go through there i've had the same thing on that piece of public that i was talking about that i've been in for 15 years and i might have been lying on seven years it could have been longer 10 whatever right it's been a long time ago but i did watch it it go through that phase but it makes you it makes you double i mean almost second guess yourself that the same property I'm talking about, which is not yours, I promise. Right. No. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we'll find you. <laughs> you know, it, it's a, uh, 
three years ago, I was walking through there after a snow, after season was over, just trying to look for some sheds. Best time to walk. And it has some, I call them uh, curtain vines. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just looks like a wall of, you know, I don't even know what, what it's actually called. Some Probably some English ivy or sure. Virginia creeper. Yeah. Or it, was still, it was still green <laughs> for the most part. So anyway, I'm walking through there, and I get within, you know, me to Tristan, which is maybe five feet from that ivy, whatever the hell it was, mm-hmm. and I, I, bump a, I bump a buck, and it's this buck I've been after. Um, if anybody listens, it's Sub-Zero who I bumped. And there he goes, and he was just there. And I don't know how I got within five feet of the damn thing because I was crunching through the snow (laughs) and didn't even know he was there. And there he goes, and I got to watch him. And it makes you go, oh, this is perfect. I need to leave this stuff alone, blah, blah, blah. And at some point, that's going to be a problem. Definitely. Because it's going to get worse and worse. and They'll get entangled in it. Well, that, and then you're just blocking. So a lot of those invasives, they... They just outcompete. Everything out. They outcompete everything. They send chemicals out that inhibit other plants' growth, and you know a lot of these problems that we have, like with the the oaks that die, mm-hmm. isn't because there's just something getting them, but their conditions aren't what they need to be for the right. for the trees to remain healthy, and so you gotta you gotta manage things that aren't supposed to be there, even though they seem <laughs> beneficial. Honeysuckle's the same way because the way it grows. When it gets big, it umbrellas out, and then it creates this, like, shelter. Mm-hmm. And they love to bed up against it, like, if they can see out a little bit or whatever. But before long, you can't move. Like, right. a big buck, you think about how, how wide, like, two feet wide antlers they got. Right. What it's like walking through some of that stuff. Like, they don't want to put extra effort in. To the, get through. Yeah. They want to be safe and have a good, secure place, but if they can't move through it. and they got to find know, a new route. Yeah. they, they got to be yeah. efficient, too, in their methods. Yeah. I mean, throughout the season. And, and that's one thing. always changing. One thing I've done here, and you say, I guess I've been doing it, but not maybe intentional. It's for my own benefit. Uh, one of the properties I, I was on, I was taking a, a tractor and mower, and, and every couple of years I'd mow some trails back open yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then uh, – Problem was there's so much thorny locusts I was losing tires so yeah. often. So finally, I've got a skid steer on tracks and a mower for that skid steer. So my plan is, you know, to to kind of keep those those trails maybe not completely groomed, but keep that undergrowth controlled. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. That's the biggest thing. I, I've said it is it's you get your place how you want it, and then you manicure it in the summer. The summer is the manicure months of you know you should if you were doing a spring food plot you should already done it. If you're not, then you know right about now you should be start thinking about your fall spraying stuff. and fall. your fall stuff. So in between those two times, you're literally manicuring or you're uh, tackling a piece of <laughs> your farm plan, you know, sporadically throughout i i I use this analogy in the business that i'm in because it's it's very similar it's you know smaller scale as far as homeowners and their lawns and things like that versus farms and and it's a year in and year out process every season to to get your place you know all four seasons of the year year in and year out to get it to how you want it and then to keep it to how you want it and uh yeah and you freaking it's just all there take is. one damn year off and you're full of clover mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you, you, you you will yeah, yeah. I and mean, you'll go backwards really quick um so staying on top of it is key and just finding those times to do it mm-hmm. um it is the biggest thing yeah i think that's another thing that goes into it and you like just on that f- farm for example you know Talking about the manicuring, you know, maintaining your uh, entry and access is uh, spraying trails in the summer has mm-hmm. always been a good time. Uh, 
just to prepare yourself for a quiet entry mm-hmm. when it's the peak of yeah. November. You know, you, you're not having to worry about foliage and making being loud walking in. You know, a big um, storm comes through and you know that it knocked a bunch of yep. limbs down in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You better go check your entrance yep. and stuff. Cause yep. I mean, you make gonna, it easy on yourself because you're yeah. going to have to bring your chainsaw because you're going to have to do something, yeah. you know. I mean, but yeah. you already know where you're going, what you're going to do. You're just checking in, manicuring things, and yeah. being prepared. I mean, 75% of the battle of being invisible during peak of the rut is mm-hmm. in your access point. So I think that's another oh, yeah, great absolutely. thing to check. Uh, I know also. If we could you know, snap our fingers and be in our stands, we'd all kill a lot more. Deer. I've got a great yeah. invention idea. A that zipline, a uh, no <laughs> It's freaking <laughs> like hoverboard shoes, mm. man. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. If I could just like hover Moon two shoes. feet off the ground just <laughs> i'm gonna make uh some that uh have deer hooves that strap on your on the bottom of your feet you're just stepping on a smaller circumference area yep. I'm, I'm gonna do it we're about to be rich yeah we're gonna, <laughs> we got it going on and of course this idea the one i i it's never gonna happen and i don't even know why i'm talking about it but it was when we were out elk hunting i'm like this freaking sucks you know my short little ass trying to get over this uh all this deadfall and i'm like i'd love to have just a little set of shoes on that i can just turn on and float right up to the top <laughs> i'm with you yeah got, it'd be great well, i got one more thing i wouldn't mind shoe. touching yeah. on with dustin um so like for example we've got a place down in cool camp and i know a lot, for most hunters um their biggest thing in the summer is summer inventory yeah. did that target buck last year survive they start growing antlers they want to check True. so i think a, a great question to answer um is I've got all these giant bucks on my farm in November. Why do I not have them in the summer at all? Why aren't they living on my property? What can I do to put them on my property? Or, you know, do just you, where are yeah. they? Like, what, they, why they aren't they living? They will summer in different areas. areas. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you think deer like to eat tender browse, the most palatable food that they can find. Mm-hmm. Um, well, most of your plants, especially even, Ozark. Yeah, especially That's down Ozark, in the rocky you know. terrain, you're fighting for nutrients and you're fighting yep. for every, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? It's food, it's food cover water but right. what's the word for all of them you're fighting for Life. each of them <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh no yeah they're gonna summer in different areas they want to be stress-free they don't want to be competing with a lot of other deer they don't need to be because of, there's food everywhere and uh We're feeling crops good. come out yeah yep. leaves not, fall yeah. off then you start getting them you know fall Your winter shift. ranges and then yep. you want to have something attractive this kind of brings me to something that I I believe in that a lot of people don't believe in, but One something attractive for when they start <laughs> exploring their ranges. You know, you notice later in the summer and later in the summer, you might get that one yeah. buck that drifts over once just to kind of see or whatever, yeah. and then he's gone. The one for that a while. shows up and never yeah. enters again. Yeah. yeah. If he comes over and you've I done mean, all kinds of new stuff there, and there's all this new tender brows either coming up or like you brought stay? it down to the ground with hinge cuts or whatever, yeah. he's going to be like, okay, like, eh, I'll shift this way a little bit. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and oh, they'll come see you. I believe that. So, that, I mean, that's one thing that's I believe that. so interesting to me is deer movement, deer. You know, patterns travel. What oh, you just said, Dustin, is uh, I mean, one of our properties um, last year, we heart, um, not one of us sitting here, but um, my brother in law harvested a beast mm-hmm. and got one photo of the deer two years ago passing through middle of the night. That was it. Mm-hmm. We're like, damn, that's cool deer. But mm-hmm. that was the only photo we ever saw out of them. Yep. Then we we had been working on this place, mm-hmm. um, doing a lot of different, attractive, you know, stuff. Clearly. Um, one food plot that we thought would be important uh, because it's different than anything else they eat. Yep. Then he started showing up in the summer. And then he he did his little disappearing act. Mm-hmm. And then 
boom, right back. And, and he took his last breath on that farm. And it, it was cool to see that deer slowly move. Do you? He wasn't living there, but he, he frequented, it. He frequented yeah. it again. You made yeah. It, yeah, you made it to yeah. where he would frequent the area. And, I mean, I think that's the goal for most people. It's hard, and even to Tristan's point on that farm, how big is your farm? You know, you're, is it, you know, 100 acres, 120 acres? How's it lay? How's it run? I mean, those deer could be just 40 acres to the side. You don't know it, but, again, yeah. making it more attractive, get them back on you. Um, just increasing the odds always. The thing that's that, literally the key. What I was talking about, what can. a lot of people disagree with, is like, when do you want to be? When do you want to pump the brakes? Like, when do you want to stop doing stuff? Because season's coming up. Yeah, I think you can do whatever you want all summer, pretty much. Yeah, all Don't, summer. I mean, and with for a, me, aside from totally <laughs> transforming your property, just freaking having like know, a, that's a, a whole party out thing, there every night. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can get after all your little projects and stay on top of it as yeah. frequently as you want this time. A year. lot of guys like. I, I love late season hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, for me, I wouldn't be afraid to do work all the way up until pre rut. Yeah, yeah, darn near October. October, yeah, October. We'll do that. Tenth or fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Tristan, we've done. Uh, it. There's been times where, when on on my last, sorry guys, oh, you're good. Guy I work with, we had a crew of four or five dudes running through acres and acres of timber with chainsaws. Yeah, we could do thirty or forty acres in a day with all of us. That's a stretch. Not that one. That, maybe about half of that. But uh, that very next day, there's deer in there where like you were natural, yesterday. Yeah. They're, they're curious. curious animals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're curious. Like, what was that commotion? There's, and they're not stupid. They know you're gone. There's a difference yeah. between yeah. danger and disturbance. Yeah. And yeah. I think they know that. Well, and part of my struggle is... Too many like, disturbances, though, sorry, real no, quick, yeah. will will eventually push them, push yeah. them out of the yeah. picture. You know, if you yeah. go through, you doze a house, and then you're building a pond, and you're you know, yeah. doing 30 acres at that, and it's a several-month-long process, you're probably going to disturb them out of the area for a given mm-hmm. amount of time yeah, until they right. eventually will circle back within, you know, a year or so. And I've seen that on places, but yeah. go ahead. Sorry about that. No, you're no, just you're fine. Good. I, I was saying part of my struggle and, I don't know, strategy is I have a lot of row crop fields, and I can't get to a lot of my stands until mm-hmm. those crops are gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then as soon yeah, as that's coming tough. out, I'm getting in there, getting the stand set, I've already cut quite a few shooting lanes early, early summer, just because when the growth started, I want to make sure, you know, where I was. And so I got to where I can get in there. And then I like, as soon as the crops come out, because something's changed and they get curious. Mm-hmm. And then you're there, as soon as, uh, you know, someone's done some dirt work, some fresh dirt work. Oh, they love turn. They up. love yeah. turn up, you know, dirt. And they just get that curious from me. And it might be just for a couple times just to check it out. But I noticed the buck I've seen in that summer, you know, whether it's a, a trail cam picture or whatever, they disappear on me for a, a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And there's some success. And that little tweak, little change, and all of a sudden they're curious again and they're back in that area like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, even with the crops, if it's corn, they're going to lose cover and they have to disperse differently and go about their nature. I mean, they're always changing. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, then there's the variable of humans too on top of it, pushing them around, doing something you might not know they're doing. Yep. Someone could be building a house somewhere that, you know. I yeah. Mean, Freaking you, coyotes you running through all, in the middle of your yeah. hunt. Yep, yeah. this is over. Pet, Neighbors, pet dogs. dogs yeah, I've Ooh, had that a lot. That's, that's about, I don't even want to hunt places like that. <laughs> it's Sounds like there's a touchy, touchy oh. uh, feeling there. Toto come running through. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Oh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good on that. But. No, it's, there's always something changing with your, you know, 
every property is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, like like you were saying, Ryan, how big is it? And then, well, I mean, what is it? Is well, it 200 yeah. acres of nothing but row crop and a few ditches? Or is it 200 acres of all timber? Right. And I mean. Everybody in here has brought up different scenarios, and we could probably keep going around again and again and again on yep. places we've been and what we've seen and how it's all gone. And to me, what it really comes down to is I've found out that these farm plans are highly educational for people to try to, you know, figure out, like you said, your scenario or your scenario, have a guy come in that can give you a different outside perspective, hang out with you for a day, hand in hand, leave you with a nice map and some some things to read over and to kind of just sit on and then attack it, you know, a little at a time. What can you do this year? What can you do next year? You know, a lot of these guys who hunt together too, you know, five, four or five men in a group or whatever, you know, the drama that can happen with some of that stuff or, oh, he says it shouldn't be here and he says it should and this, you know, I've I've seen a lot of that stuff. So to me, it's like that, this is like the the sell-all, you know, it's like if we're going to hunt together, we're going to go off of the, uh, third party, <laughs> third party, third party I've never yeah, play it. That way uh, that, but I have, you know, yeah. and, and I've had guys, and I've sold these for guys for purely that benefit, where it's like, you think you want to do this, and you think you want to do this, and you think, and like they've had me come up just to hang out with them and give them my ideas. I'm like, guys, I can tell you guys all this stuff, and you'll agree with all of it, but if you don't have an actual plan mm-hmm. on paper that someone made up for you that tells you all this good stuff, yeah, it's probably never going to really happen. You know, because it's like year three of hanging out, and we haven't know, done anything yet. You're going to do the same thing that <laughs> you you've know been doing mean? the last. Yeah. When I've hunted farms where you know, Mike, you had the great idea two years ago, and I didn't want to listen to it because it was your idea two years ago, and now it's my idea now, and so now we're going to do it. You know, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. All those Mike too, doesn't have like, great ideas. Well, exactly. Yes. He has no good ideas. So <laughs> you have to take it from him and, and yep. make it your good idea. You know, and, and that's all. I don't know. You have to humble yourself, you know. But and to me, I think the biggest thing is comes down. You have that plan. It gives you something, a checklist, something to work off of. And I've said it, and I'll always say it, increasing the odds, you know, as best as you can for, I don't know, what's something, what's a day come out on a 160-acre farm and survey it and do all that stuff. What's that run? Oh, like what we did that day? Yeah, for somebody on uh, three hundred fifty bucks or something get like print that. Print off somewhere around three hundred, three hundred fifty bucks for a good right. size for just farm, for this you know? and the day. You know, it kind of depends on how far it is, like how right. in depth we get. You know, yeah, like an affordable rate nonetheless yeah. is is my point, I guess, on that prices, all that. But there's guys who do it, and you know, Dustin does it as well. And I'm not trying to turn it into a sales thing, but to me, it's you focus on. Just making it happen, you yeah. know. And, well, it's worth it. Uh, yeah, it's worth it. Exactly. You know, it's not gonna, people, more it's than one not, person. Yeah. it's going to be, and uh, it's not going to hurt you any well, to get a, a professional's opinion. I mean, we yeah. can. No. I mean, us three, we can sit around it's, all day long. I'm not going to hire look, you. Look at YouTube and do or right. do whatever. Yeah, I could but do this. You, how much would you trust it? Right. Do I have a degree to back it. You know what I mean? And all that. like it's all. I'm not going to hire you to fix a cavity. You're not a dentist. Exactly. I wouldn't. I just get the pliers out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of the same thing with this sort of stuff. Um, you know, there are people out there, you know, guys like Landon Legacy, Dustin, that, I mean, you have a degree in this stuff and you've been doing it now. Yeah. Sounds like for your full-time job for however many years. Since college. So, so yeah. those, it's, it's, I don't know how you kind of explain it. It's, you get what you pay Tristan for. said it's right. worth the money and and i've i've done it on two farms now with him like i said i sold one to, or help i guess I call it sold one i hooked up with another buddy on one because the other thing for me just like the fact that i'm 
and I'm not discluding anybody else. My brother-in-law is in on the farm with me too, the 160. But you know, he he lets me kind of come up with this good stuff, and then this is how when if he has a buddy up or you know I have a guest or some somewhere along that nature, it's kind of like, hey, this is what we go off of up here. Mm-hmm. You know, go we here. A, we have a north wind today, yeah. so you can hunt these three stands, and these will be your access points. Well, There's no kind of, question. Cool. You know, there. Yeah. To kind of tell listeners what we're so, looking at, I mean, they got a pretty detailed report Probably here. should have done this about an it's hour what, ago, my bad. It's four, five <laughs> pages long, has maps, has pictures of trails. Way it kind of goes over, yeah, has waypoints of stands and everything. It kind of goes over, like, their different, you know, situational stuff of where, okay, you got a north wind. These should be your access points to get to these stands. Travel areas, what they're seeing, what it should be. They got um, warm access, cool access. I mean... They got a lot of good information there that it's not just, okay, you got this type of tree over here, you need to be there. They have some situational stuffs in these maps and different things. Uh, you know, I I just looked at it for two minutes to there for yeah, a second. I mean, there's some good information. Suggested food plot sites, uh, areas to retain native grass, you know, future row crop, you know, hopes, right. things like that. And that's where, again, like this can kind of be your summer checklist uh, as well. And I always have it on hand with me is because it, it keeps it all fresh. Of, yeah. oh, I do want to move that stand this year. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe we have time this year to put in that uh, watering hole or something like that. It's another so, potential tool. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's not you can't figure it. it out yourself. I right. mean, no, you know, a you lot certainly of people can, do. But, you certainly can. Um, to me, it takes question out of if you're hunting on a farm with mo- multiple people, it's a must-have. Makes sense. Happen. I think if I think if someone wrote an article about it and like those magazines and everything, there, everybody reads because I know we've all read those stories mm-hmm. of the guys who make tradition not as fun as it used to be. Yeah, that this can kind of help solve some of that for some people. Makes and sense. If I was in a hunting group that. I was kind of starting to feel that way with some guys. I would pay for it myself out of pocket. I wouldn't ask the other five guys in here for the money. I'd just be like, hey, guys, I got my buddy coming up, and whoever wants to be there, be there, because he's going to give us some stuff. And he's going to settle this. Yeah, he's going to settle <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> he's going to settle the score. Hopefully. Well, yeah, I then they say, I don't not, agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> I think you see it more and more often with one land prices. I mean, the way they are, I guess it's more expensive to, to try to own a piece, like you said. Mm-hmm. More people are going together, and that does they eventually yeah, create leases, conflict on all those things. Stuff. And this yeah. kind of, like you said, it helps with that to where you can identify, okay, this is why we should be doing those. So I, I don't need you walking in on this side of the farm when I'm trying to hunt here. Instead, it'd be more beneficial if you're over here. So I mean, page. it helps everybody yeah. work together, like you were saying. You break it down to the science, and you can't really argue with it yeah. as much. Yeah. You know? yeah. Rather than it's oh, you're supposed to trust me type right. of thing. And another thing you could use this for. Um, or not even just if someone went out and got a plan like this, but if you're just trying to manage your property is you can use things like this and knowledge and experience from people like you, Dustin and Ryan, you seem pretty damn smart at it too. I don't know. You're not, you don't I've have got, a degree in it or whatever. No, but, I just, yeah, just uh, the degree of on that though, even like, you just we know things. what we know what college is about. Yeah. <laughs> Most of what I, I know now of... is from what I've done after right. college. Yeah. But I got the you job got the piece of paper because right. I went to college, right. and then he gets to sound yeah. cooler. It's, you can also approach. <laughs> I got a degree. You got a degree. <laughs> you know, you can also approach adjoining and adjacent landowners and say, "Hey, ah, um, absolutely, yeah. yeah. What do you think no, about no. maybe? I'm not saying I want to hunt your property or nothing like that, but yeah. what, what if Man. we work together? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and we we turn this whole area into something. Mm-hmm. Um, There's plenty of neighbors. You know, this is what I'm too. looking about yeah. doing. Guaranteed. I mean, we've we've all um, had that happen where if you just talk to the people around you, 
Mm-hmm. They're all, for the most You'll part, trying, yeah. And, yeah. and who cares, by the way, if they're not doing the same thing as you're, you, well, you know, sure. if, you, if you're wanting to, let's say. You're going to find that. Sure. Guys aren't going to want it. Some they will say they are and they're really not. Yeah. And some aren't. And people, are. you know, people. It's a daily choice. <laughs> I mean, and I've, hunting, though, I've had it where, I don't know how to say it. Let's say you have a, a landowner. You want to start trying to get to the point where you har- harvest mature animals. Yes. Okay. The, the adjacent landowner says, no, I shoot it. If I see it. Okay, cool. That's fine. And then you hear the argument, well, I'm not going to do that anymore then, I guess, because they're well, not doing it. Yeah, nah, yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. you, you manage the property for what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You can't control what others are doing. And nah. You just pray you can, they uh, shoot a buck and get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. You can do a uh, couple job, strips of hinge cutting along their border to try to keep <laughs> the deer from crossing yeah. over the property. You can definitely do but to me, even... How, yeah, it's all about how far you want to go. Yeah, yeah. But, but race, nine times out of ten, you have that conversation with that landowner, yeah. and they're like, hey, yeah. Yeah, because they might have been thinking the same thing. They're like, well, I'm going to shoot it because I know the neighbor's going to shoot it. That's what everybody Yeah, yeah, yeah everybody, everybody has that argument. Well, if do I don't it, shoot don't. it, he's going to do it. Yeah. Well, you haven't talked to that neighbor, so you don't know what he's thinking. He right. might you know, want to grow them, and also he might have – Hey, I got five grandkids that come over in the yeah. and I don't care what they, they shoot. They shoot what they want. Hey, that's fine. You need to know. The, something you should know. It's good for you to know for your own yeah. farm practices of kind of anticipating. And then here's the deal with what you said. If that's what he tells you, you guys have a good conversation, whatever, then you can go back to that guy and ask, hey, how how'd the, how'd the kids do this year? You right. Know? Then you kind of know. Well, and you see the pictures. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I had him. I didn't have him and on say the camera they, whatever. Say they do shoot your target. It's still buck. hard to go shoot a buck. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's either, not either like, way. It's not just because they shoot whatever deer they want doesn't mean yeah, that, yeah. you know, they're going to get the chance still. And say they do shoot your target buck. At least you're going to know. Yeah, exactly. Like, like where'd yeah. he go? Oh, we you never hear from him. So My like, neighbor, well, he shot a 199 well, two years deer, ago, yeah. and oh, wow. I, I watched that deer grow for three years, and uh, honestly, it didn't bother me a bit that he that's shot not, it. You know, I, I went out there. Tristan came with yeah. me. We showed up. He shot it on uh, opening night of rifle season two two years ago. It'll be two years ago this November. We went out there, took pictures of it for him, all that stuff. And I didn't really even know him that well. Uh, story, long story short, he put a trail camera out that week, saw it on there, went to that stand, and shot it. You know, and. Mm-hmm. It was one of those prime examples of he didn't he frequented our area. He was more of a summer pattern on our area. Yeah. Um, that last year, he actually happened to be on there more than ever. I mean, and during prime time, I just didn't hunt him that hard. Some yeah. of these other things going on, you know, and, and neighbor shot it. I wanted to go see him. You yeah. Know? That's impressive to see a 199-inch deer, let alone one that yeah. actually walked hoof on your property, you know. So right. Those don't exist that you often. You just have those, I mean, yeah, you have those conversations and uh, – it's just supposed to be a healthy sport, and I think this farm plan helps that yeah. too. Yeah. You know, helps keep it healthy. Um, you, you'd be surprised how many "quote unquote" QDMA neighborhoods there are if you just don't be afraid to ask your neighbor. You know? Today's day and age, we just don't talk to people anymore. Right? No, like, no, oh, I'm not no. gonna, I'm not gonna talk to him because he's he's an idiot. How do you know that? He comes yeah. up and rifle you haven't hunts. Talked to All he does is rifle hunt. And, well, and, and even then, like we see. had last, they probably year. shot four doe. You yeah. don't know. You know, yeah. a lot of people well, go out and shoot a doe the very first doe they see just because they literally are getting meat in the freezer. And it goes back to what Tristan was saying in the beginning about public ground just it is what it is mm-hmm. just enjoy the damn process we had the same stuff happen last year on. uh that ryan was just talking about or not yet last year two years ago so the same time you were dealing with that we my brother-in-law mostly played cat and mouse with this freaking buck for three months before rifle season and opening day of rifle season these dudes drove up from the south <laughs> got on a four-wheeler drove into the field got off of it and shot shot that deer 
and that's life. The deer went south instead of north, yeah. and it yeah. it sucks, and you you feel cheated a yeah. little bit because you're like, no, I've been, you know. But at the same time, wasn't meant to be. Wasn't meant to be, and oh. he he was nice to the guys, and yeah. they let him check him out. He got to hold him, you know, hold yeah. the rack in his hands, yeah. and um, that's that's it's that. Part but, of the sport, man. We don't part of the sport. we don't own any of it, and. Uh, it's just a matter of enjoying it and so to me it's i always want to be out there enjoying it and enjoying it is improving it and the yeah. hopes that you're increasing the odds you know and being mm-hmm. around people enjoying it um the fellowship and relationships that's what hunting is about yeah. is you know I, we all like to go out ourselves too but it wouldn't be no fun if i didn't have somebody to call right dude, or him calling me what how to you know telling you this crazy story about how the hunt went or dragging one out with them and you just do it yourself all the time. It's it's funny. The stories we talk about and tell each other yeah. are never the ones that the shot was made. No, like, not, not really. My favorite yeah. story from last year is when I called you in the combine because I oh, had my son geez. Chase with me and my little six-year-old son at the time with me. And I had a deer come in that I knew that was just a three-and-a-half-year-old and I had decided to pass on that deer. Well, when he comes in at 10 yards broadside, my little boy one's with me, and I had it on camera, and I'm like, oh, man, should I shoot him? I sit there, and I'm on the phone with Andy (laughs) with the deer deer in front of him, him, stupid freaking deer, apparently. I'm like, hey, should I I shoot him? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's still here after the phone conversation. There's no choice. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I decide to pass on him, and the deer walks off, and Chase is like, Daddy, I want to see him again. I want to see him again. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, rattle a little bit again, and boop, turns right back around and comes back to ten yards broadside again. Did you have to do that? So I, I didn't. I never shot him. So <laughs> thank God you didn't shoot him on the first time. <laughs> Chase. Yeah, yeah. Got yeah. to come back and, yeah. or he got to see the deer come back yeah. and see you call him yeah, in, which that's, that's always cool, you know. Yeah. And that's a story yeah. I'll, I'll kind of never forget, just because it was his first time going hunting with me. Seeing a bug. He got to see a bug at yeah. ten yards. Mm-hmm. Um, they like Dustin's point you know. too, calling him back in. He got to experience that. Yeah. I mean. There's more. It's more than just the kill, it is. and it, you know the you phone call to Andy. It's just all kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, him on the phone it had nothing to do with the kill. Yeah, yeah. And, he's like, dude, I don't know. He's literally in a combine, eighty yards away. I was in the same field as them in <laughs> the combine. It. Is the thing is, I couldn't yeah. see him. He was in the timber. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I was. I I was right there. And he's calling me like, oh, he must have shot one. So I answer. He's like. He's in front of me. What do I do? What do you mean? I You're a grown know. man. Need some advice. <laughs> it was. Well, I was tearing. You want me to tell you to shoot it, but I, I think we. I don't know what you said to me at this point. I don't remember. I don't, but, I don't know. You know, it's the, it's those stories yeah. that yeah. Um, my brother-in-law two years ago, or you, Ryan, could have got all all been out of shape. Uh, well, sure. then why do it anymore? Mm-hmm. It, you know, you're not always going to be the one that kills him. I mean, mm-hmm. it is what it is sometimes, and. You know, last year he was the one that killed him, mm-hmm. and um, just that's the sport, and that's what's fun about it. He you got know? tested that day. Yeah, he got yeah. tested. And he yeah. reacted positively, and so the next year he was the one that got the kill. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a spiritual side of it all too. You know, yeah. you can't forget about. I mean, a lot of things go into it, but I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the the summer session here. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it was in. Yeah. And I think a big takeaway we, we kind of circle back around everything is developing the plan i mean in the summer you're you're capitalized you're getting a plan on travel patterns corridors food sources water sources and get i mean from your guys well i'm getting taking away from this conversation as you guys even have it on paper you have you have what your plan is and trying to execute that plan uh come fall 100 percent. yeah i guess that would have been a a better way to answer in the beginning is (laughs) have 
work on your plan. You yeah. Know? yeah. Just work on your plan. Make sure that you're ready when season comes around. And, yeah. You know, that's all encompassing. Work yeah. on your plan, modify it, chip away at it, you know. And yeah. you can do a modified version of this of on it. public yeah. ground. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. You definitely. This, I mean, you can't do stuff on yeah. public ground, but you can right. start looking for those travel areas, start mapping stuff yourself. Right. Uh, Mike, you can start a couple figuring years ago, out all you where did you want to access and, yeah. and mm-hmm. where you want to enter and exit and all that good stuff. So. Yeah. Well, I think I mean, another thing, though, too, with this just summer, going off past experiences like we were just talking about, like I, myself personally, I log like every hunt. Oh, you yeah. know? I, I think that summer, we're all, we're not hunting anything. We're just thinking about hunting. Yeah. I think, I mean, logging hunt, I'm talking wind direction, you know, what deer you saw, where, whatever. I think it's a great time to reflect on past experiences to develop game plans too. You know, I mean, yeah, you can out. certainly so finding those annual patterns that might present themselves. Yeah, but a sample of that I was watching is three years ago now. There was a deer who would show up. It was the same barometric pressure switch with the same wind. Mm-hmm. And I told my dad before, and I actually jetted out of work early. I said it's Wednesday. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I was watching. The, I used that the, you know jury cast or whatever. It was mm-hmm. the first year it came out, and I was watching. Mm-hmm. Every time I seen him, it was the same conditions. Mm-hmm. I said, Wednesday's it. It's supposed to be there. And it was the Wednesday before rifle season. I said, I have to be there. Yep. 16 yards. Got him. That's where he was. Yep. You it, don't log it can happen, stuff, like though. You that. don't catch it. You know? No, yeah. yeah, you won't. Yeah. you got to yeah. log it. I mean, that's it's so all about crucial. how far you want to go with it. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the, you can go and go and go and go and well, and you keep can, narrowing it down. And, you and can the guys who kill a lot of deer do. A lot of storage space yeah. on those photos <laughs> that you keep that you don't think mean shit. Yeah. That you're Same, like, well, yeah. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep these photos maybe, because maybe you know, be in three year. years, yeah. you go, okay, he was two on this photo. Yeah. Now he's three and a half. Yeah. Now he's four and a half. Yeah. All right, this year, the last three years, I've got that buck on between these three days yep. um, mm-hmm. this time of yeah. year, you know. Well, that's yeah. the same with the photos, you know, but like. I mean, I used to do everything on paper, but now technology, I just do all notes on my phone. But, like, I, I log stuff that seems like it would never matter. It's like, you know, barometric pressure, pressure wind, obviously, all that. But also, how much, minus wind direction, how much did the temperature change from the time I got in the stand to how I got out of the stand and what deer I saw? Yeah. The stuff you log can become useful I got to do a better job of doing that. I, I don't log. I, I think I'll remember everything. Right, yeah. exactly. I was, I was the same way. Yeah. I, I used to a lot more than I do now. I've been in kind of this influx of like getting thrown around from farm to farm. You could call my buddy Chris. He would he would tell you a whole podcast on how bad it's been. <laughs> get that number. Yeah, you, you might do it. No, seriously. But uh, I want to get back into more of that stuff too, and it is very, very crucial. Um, but – for me, it's I had to kind of get back into what I'm going to consider my home farm again before I do it because if you're not really on a particular area or spot, some of that, I mean, what's what's the use in that mm-hmm. information if you, it's not for your particular yeah. deer or place or if you don't know, you know, if you're going to have mm-hmm. access to that land the next year, so why even keep the trail cam pictures? So yep. everybody has different circumstances, um, but there's always something that you can be doing to improve your odds. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great I, I think that's kind of the go door knocking if you don't have anything else to do this time of year. Yeah, you know, go ask there's, farmer if there's something you can do to help them. Drive some around money in front of them. Yeah, go <laughs> yeah, scout. Go go. go yep. Look in on some public land. I mean, there's always something to be do. There's no off season. We all know that. So. Yeah, absolutely. What yep. uh, did we ever answer the everybody's yeah. favorite thing about? No, we never did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I didn't. I said I'm a host. I didn't say I'm a good host. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Long yeah. Wormhole. Let's let's go right back. Yeah, we got no, we got into a deep rabbit hole and we stayed in it is what we yeah. did. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's kind of cool. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what was this? What was this again? Something about the ear and stuff. I don't Who know. Who was it? Yeah. <laughs> What's a podcast? <laughs> What's a podcast? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of cool because, yeah, we, we pretty much talked about property and how you manage it for deer, but um, we've gotten some interesting answers when, when I asked this question. So I'll ask the three of you. Um, an hour and a half late, but hey, we're going to ask. <laughs> Brian, what's your favorite thing about the outdoors in the state of Missouri? Uh, it's just there's just so many opportunities for it that it's hard to really narrow down to one thing. Um, so I'll pretty much say you can enjoy it all out here, um, all four seasons. You know, there's something to do. Uh, yep. The scenery, you can go down the lake in the summer. You can fish in the fall or spring and hunt turkey and deer. I mean, it's just... <laughs> All that wrapped up into one little spot for me is just no reason to go anywhere else. Yeah, so, yeah. it's got it all. Yeah, it has everything I need. Yep. Uh, but you, Dustin. Along the lines of diversity, me yeah. for me, it's more the diversity as you move from one corner of the state oh, sure. and across the state. Yeah. So north of the Missouri River, we have the glacial till plains, and then you get into your Ozark ground, mm-hmm. and then you've got the basin down in the boot heel. And then for us that have hunted along the Missouri River. What's the east over there? Illinois, kind of? Yeah, it starts getting a little more. Rot you're approaching the, the Smokies Smoky over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what it was, uh, yeah. But yeah like, you're right. Like, like the Missouri River bottoms. If you've ever hunted the Missouri River bottoms, a lot of that public land's along there. And in my opinion, you get it in the Ozarks too, but it's the if you're on out there on a day where there's not a whole lot of people around, like, you it's the like wildest place that you can get in Missouri yeah. where where there's not anybody close to you for miles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're so out there alone. That's kind yeah. of my You can get away from your favorite it all. thing. Yeah, yeah the, just yeah. the just the different differences in terrain as you move across I'm yeah. with you. mostly north to south, but I've I've said several times we'll yeah. get to you, Tristan. Like Missouri is five states that come together it's in nuts. one place, yep. you know. Um, really we're we're is. partial because we're all from here. I right. get that. Yeah, but yeah. we've been around. We've but all been yeah. places. There's cool places. I mean, Iowa's places. got oh, the yeah, biggest sure. freaking deer in this yeah. this world. But what I love about our state is you can be like you said, you know, Pike County up in northeast That's Missouri. You can be down in um, you know Springfield area, Branson area, and be in a totally different world, yeah. like in the same yeah, state. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, other states have some of those offerings. I mean, even like we were just talking about Iowa, you got the two rivers on the east and the west side that really have some cool stuff um, as well. But it's just it's all that stuff can kind of converges in mm-hmm. our state, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's what I think that's that's cool about it. But, it's beautiful. Yeah, Tristan, how about you, man? That's, I mean, the the diversity of the land's got to be one of my favorites as well. But, I mean, minus the abundance of our wildlife populations and how big we can grow our deer, you know, when we have the opportunity to do that, uh, it's a hunting episode. But, in my opinion, fishing, uh, the fishing in Missouri is outstanding. We have people, we don't realize it, but we have people that come from all over to fish in Missouri. Yep. Uh, not true. just the size of our fish, but, uh, you know, the abundance of species. we got different species of catchers an opportunity for everyone uh and then the beauty of our lakes as well i mean it's an awesome place to fish and come visit so yeah to yeah. touch on that it was just in was a Bassmaster magazine it was like one of the top five uh, lake of the ozarks is like one of the top five in the nation mm-hmm. maybe bass fishing yeah. yep. lakes and then doug in our earlier episode uh he mentioned what a buddy from japan was flying in to fish, to fish a missouri. tournament here in yeah. missouri so yeah. i mean yeah doug vomber is a professional bass fisher and table yeah. rock too yep. yeah oh yeah table i was down there I was on vacation down yeah. here this last week. It's absolutely gorgeous. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's and awesome. that's what's cool. I mean, you can, you know, bass, obviously, 
and then you got trout all i mean walleye you can you can fish oh yeah Many, uh, many fish, different species. Alligator guard. Yeah. You can yeah, my nephew got into that. Noodle, trot lines, rivers, lakes, yeah. oceans. It's just oh, very diverse yeah. in its water. It bear. gets overlooked, I feel like. Bear coming. Hey, bear. Hey, yeah. I want them to keep overlooking it. That's yeah. right. No, I thought it was kind of. Yeah, that's right. Right. we don't have any degree. animals. There's no They're not There's nothing here. Nothing to do. The best thing about it is nothing. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good spot to end. Um before we hop off, uh, we will include some show links also on the the release. But do you guys want to give any um, any handles out social media like pages that? or whatever for Midwest yeah, Wildlife just, for yourselves? Uh, yeah, at Midwest Wildlife. Um, that's the Facebook and YouTube, or sorry, Instagram, and then the YouTube's Midwest Wildlife Productions. So okay. right on, We're just hanging out. Telling you. So you're planning on doing this coyote year? hunt again next year? We are, yeah. We have to do that. Folks, we got the if you're anywhere around. Yeah, I didn't get to go either, so hopefully I'll make it this year. Yeah, nope. what, yeah. what was that about? <laughs> <laughs> More wrestling coach, man. That's right. <laughs> a tournament. Yeah, the tournament. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't even think I was supposed to get to go, and then something changed. No, nah, we're, we're definitely uh, planning on it. I think that's my maybe like state Probably wrestling I'll, time. I'll maybe I think that's yeah, my been where I was. Oh, yeah, you were killing. Killing was state wrestling. Or no, it was sectionals. It was, like it was sectionals. It yeah. was sectionals. Yeah, because yep. yeah, you were giving me freaking play by play. Uh, that probably was because I watched his match on your phone. Yep. 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 That's that's what happened. Funny how yeah. memories happen. But yeah. anyway, wrestling. Yep. Well, I think we could talk to these guys for for days here. So uh, yeah, we could. We'll, we'll have you on save again. another. Yeah, episode. we'll do it again. Yeah. We we were a little rusty to get going, but <laughs> it worked out real well. No, fun. this. I mean, this is what's fun about them. We talk about different stuff. Um, you know, we sat there about, you know, like uh, robots and talked about this thing. It just, it's not as fun, for, in my opinion. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll find well, out if people listen to it. People <laughs> like it or not, but, you know, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, I, we really appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you, guys. And we'll haul at y'all later. Yep. All right. See you guys. Thank you. All right. That's that. And this is this. All folks. You got anything stupid no, to say, Micah? No. I don't know. <laughs> that was a good show, guys. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. You learn a lot. I mean, just by talking to different people, which is what's cool about the show we do. You know, Brian talking about um, natural water for yeah. them. That's something I don't. I've never really thought of because anywhere I've ever hunted has had water, right? But it's usually moving water. And when you go back and look at it, yeah, I've, I've, I've thought about my all my setups and my travel patterns. I watch. There's usually water pretty near. I mean, that's not maybe a reasoning why I did something, but yeah. It's there, but like yeah. for him, that's one of his main things that he looks he at doing is, and it, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. So it's maybe something to think about, you know, just stuff for people to think about, some ideas, yep, on their their properties, or even if you're hunting public, uh, public land, you can look at doing. You can't obviously go in and do things, but mm-hmm. you can work on. Hey, if if this were my place, what are some things I would look for? And try to go find them on that, that public land and, yep. you know, help yourself uh, be successful. So Well, I think putting things on maps, putting things on paper is a big thing I took away from it was they had that, that plan there. And it was about five pages long of just different scenarios. This is this, this is that. And then sticking to that. And then Tristan talked about it, um, making notes. You know, documenting things. Yeah, yeah, keeping a log of every hunt and everything that he's done, so. Yeah, great which wonders. is something I'm not good at, and a, a lot of people I'm sure aren't good at, but it's a great idea. Um, can it really help you? 
So, but yeah, also one thing we wanted to mention, uh, Dustin, he wanted us to give a shout out for, uh, his business, I guess you would call it. Uh, it's called Habitat Works and you can get a hold of him at 816-752-7390. Yeah. Or you can give him an email at, uh, Habitat Works LLC at gmail.com. Yeah. And give the guys over at Midwest Wildlife a uh, follow and stuff yeah, like that yeah, too. Yeah, if you want to get through information um, through them too. I, so we'll, we'll link some stuff, but you know, if you just go search Midwest Wildlife on Facebook, Instagram, you'll find them. And um, it sounds like what Dustin will do is come out to your property, spend some time with you, um, get a plan, kind of get that plan that he's talking about together and give you that plan uh, to hunt with your buddies, hunt with different people. So, uh, kind of advice he won't do i mean sure he'll do it for you if you, you know the money right but, <laughs> but uh he'll advise you kind of on right what, what you should do yeah, yeah so maybe somebody just buying a property and they don't know where to start might want to give him a call and he can kind of point you in the right direction yeah yeah seems like a really knowledgeable guy i mean has a degree in this stuff and yeah. has been doing it as ever since getting out of school so yeah. Um, so, so it's a good time. Yeah. Like-minded people, I, we could have talked for days. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's always fun to sit down, like I said, like-minded people, sharing the passion. Yep. That's what it's about. And this this is why we started this whole deal. Talk like to people like these guys that are normal people just like us, normal people just like everybody listening. And, you know, if you if you gain one little tidbit of knowledge from an episode or, or had fun, one or the other, uh, then that's a win for me, right? Right. I go for the fun aspect. I don't care if you don't learn anything. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not a very good learner. Okay. See you. All right. See you guys.